The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up. And here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. Man, you came in hot tonight. Yeah, man, I was busy. I uh, I think this is like the closest I have. Uh, well, actually, we ended up doing a little later, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our uh, guest co-hosts were nice enough to, I guess, pour themselves another bourbon or whatever they're doing. So that was cool. So how's life treating you? Yeah, life's pretty good, man. You know, can't complain. Uh, who'd listen? <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but no, life's good. I was uh, down at the uh, Jersey Shore a little bit last weekend for the last uh, really, you know, hurrah, get some get some beach time in. Yeah. And uh, cool. they had like, uh, I didn't even know these things existed. They were like, they were like beach country clubs. Like you can, uh, it's a Northern Jersey thing or Northern Jersey Shore thing. And like you, uh, you can rent like, a cabana with like a shower and you could put a fridge in there, huh. put drinks in and you're like a hundred yards from the beach and you okay. go hang out on the beach and you walk up to your fridge and get a cold beer and then walk That's back. Cool. It was awesome. How much does that run? Was that I, well, the ones that are right on the beach were like 10,000 for the season, which is a little pricey, Sure, but the ones that are a little bit, a little farther in, you know, I don't, they're obviously not as much as that. That's cool. Um, but for the season, if you live close by, there's a pool, you got your own shower inside wow. this little cabana. I'm like, man, you know, yeah, it was nice. So you're chic. I felt, well, it was not <laughs> chicish, but <laughs> whatever, whatever, like four steps below chic would okay, be. <laughs> probably more than four. I would have to say chics are pretty rich, rich. Yeah. So maybe five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was at the beach too. It was, yeah. uh, Where'd you go? Uh, in- uh, um, Pleasant Point Pleasant. Okay. You know, Farmingdale or around that area. Gotcha. All right, cool. So let's get this thing going. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, when it comes to buying ammunition, you need to look for a product that is accurate, reliable, and if possible, reasonable in price. New Republic Ammunition from Target Sports USA checks all three of these boxes and comes in six popular calibers. Be sure to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at targetsportsusa.com, which gets you 8% off all ammo purchases and makes you eligible for their truck giveaway this October 14th. That thing is awesome. Uh, I got to drive that thing. I gotta, yeah, we got to find make a way happen. to make that happen. I we're just, just going to take it. it. Like, yeah. The keys are going to be in it when we're there. We'll How just, much trouble can we get in? We can't get in any nah. trouble. We'll be all right. All right. So <clears throat> if you're looking for ways to support our show, uh, subscribe, leave us five-star reviews and comments on Apple. And go to Spotify, and you can leave your thoughts on every episode there. I actually put up a poll uh, a couple episodes back. It was the one with Laura Carno, and the poll was, should school staff be allowed to be armed with proper training? And uh, so far, the results are 75% yes, 0% no, 25% not sure, and there is still time to vote on that. So you can go, if you're a Spotify listener, go to Spotify, and you will see under that episode a place where the poll is at, and you can put in your two cents on whether it's a yes, no, or not sure. I believe that is up for the rest of this month. So if you're interested in joining on that poll, do that. And of course, go on and leave your comments in Spotify for every other episode that you happen to listen to and find intriguing. All right, so we're going to get into the same, but before we introduce tonight's guest co-host, let's talk about four patriots. Florida is currently dealing with some major hurricane damage. I think everyone has pretty much seen that. And many people are dealing with personal hardships. The CDC recommends a minimum of 72 hours of emergency food, which I don't think is really even enough. I don't know about you, No, it yeah. like, seems, seems like nowhere near enough. Yeah, but it's a good place to start. And 4Patriots makes this goal pretty easily obtainable. Their 72-hour kit 
provides breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three days at only $29. Just buy two. Yeah. Just got to get get one for each member of the family and you're good. The meals are delicious. They're made right here in the USA. They have a 25-year shelf life, but it gets even better. They have offered our listeners 10% off with the discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10. So go check them out at 4 And I know from the people that have bought and have reached out to me, they were very happy. So that's awesome to hear. Getting into our guest tonight. It's been a while since we caught up with these guests. Uh, they've been on the show a couple of different times in a couple of different capacities, but we are excited to have them back on the show. We're pleased to welcome back Chris Blau and Jake Dwyer from the 1911 Syndicate. Guys, how are we doing? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. Doing awesome, man. Uh, so that was Chris. Jake, how you doing? Oh, dude, I, I couldn't. Well, I'm sober, so I could be a little bit better. But well, you know, sober guy, fix yeah. that, fix that fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just I, I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the reputation of the podcast here. But I don't think wild. that's possible. Think, yeah, that's not possible. Yeah, no, no. Um, actually, I'm ready to throw this mixing board out the window right now um, for all the difficulty <laughs> it's giving me tonight. So um, I might pour one too in a, in a little bit, so we can ruin it together. How's that? I'm in. Right. So I have to say, Chris, so Chris uh, was supposed to be on the last time and he backed out on us and you saved, saved the, the day. day, Jake. And I know. while we were, I know. I know. <laughs> while we were talking, you said, I don't get it. Everyone invites him. Like he's this like fun social being and, and you get this like curmudgeon sort of uh, uh, label. Yeah. Label. And Thank so, you. yeah, Thank so you. I work hard for that. So Chris said, Hey, Jake wants to join us. And I was like, uh, I did invite you and you told me no. So now I'm like, you know, what's up, man? Yeah, uh, uh, I just didn't think I'd be able to do it. I, honestly, it was about uh, 10 minutes ago when I was like, all right, we're, we're prepping for a big uh, film thing that we got in a couple of weeks. So it's like uh, just what's new, Jake, who are we filming with? Uh, we're doing some cool stuff with HK coming up in a couple of weeks. So oh, it's cool. it's uh, put up or shut up time right now on on prep. Very, very cool. I mean, I have to say, you guys are absolutely killing it. Um, I've watched, I haven't watched any of the, I would say most recent, but definitely a few back from like the last two or three. And a lot of your stuff is, as always, it's fire, man. It's your, your, your video production is second to none. We're trying. It's all Jake, Jake, man. Yeah. Well, good work, Jake. We, we appreciate it. Yeah. We're, we're doing our best. So, Chris, what's going on with you, man? I uh, did I hear a little rumor that you have a a new joint venture with a rifle company? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I no longer work for the suppressor manufacturer I used to work for, CGS. It's strange because with Jake's help, I built like a not in an ego way, but a little bit of a reputation in the gun industry. So when a couple companies found out that I was, I guess, for lack of a better term, a free agent. Um, like cobalt was one of the first cobalt kinetics the rifle company was one of the first to reach out and uh went up there for a couple days had like an interview and it seems like the smart move and so yeah i'm uh working with cobalt kinetics now so awesome awesome. so what is your role there man uh the owner very kindly of him said he sees that i'm kind of someone that can fill gaps meaning you know, if they need some help at a law enforcement event they can send me if they need help at a civilian event they can send me um, we'll do like demos at local shops when they place an order, you know, they'll send me to that stuff as well as cool. I'm in charge of the entire Southwest U S and all of California for sales. So we got Nevada, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and is that it? And then California. So big area. 
Well, that sounds like a fun gig, gig and you're going to get your hands on some uh, some cool rifles. Oh, yeah, dude. They uh, they sent me home with one, and, uh, dude, it's their new executive line of rifles, and it's uh, pretty kick-ass, man. I've been enjoying it so far. Have you Have you been able to, like, see anything – uh, like new that's coming up and nobody else knows about it and they haven't told you not to talk about it. So you can still talk about it. <laughs> I have seen some new stuff and unfortunately I was sworn to secrecy. Oh, they, so. they, they swore you to secrecy right away. Yeah. Yeah. Right away. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping they gave you like an opportunity to better ask for forgiveness and permission kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And just, I, just, you know, NDAs don't count when you're talking on a podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> <laughs> stupid <laughs> yeah man all right anyway well that's awesome uh congratulations on that and it i'd love to have you come on with someone from that from there and uh have you guys on the other show as a as a formal guest i suppose instead of a guest host so. yeah you, you can make him go through run and gun but don't don't cheat for him yeah don't cheat for him can't do that <laughs> but uh yeah no, yeah whatever need you know my hands always raised awesome man that's great and so jake what about you what's going on with you anything new in terms of the industry or other than just working with you know some small companies like h and k and stuff like that <laughs> yeah no i honestly uh we're um we're kind of adopting a new thing where we're basically going to film 10 months a year and then take uh two months as like an off season if you will okay um like see like, like, like a kinda, season kind of yeah yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, I really look at YouTube these days, like as I uh, kind of become more and more obsessive about it, look at it like, you know, it's a sport and you got to treat it like an athlete. And part of that is uh, I really think you need to have a, an off season because apparently creator burnout's a real thing. And I know yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. So we're basically doing uh, six months worth of content in the next four months. And then we're give, giving ourselves like a couple months off to uh, heal and recover. So Good. now in that time, in those, those two months, are you going to like, literally like it'll just go dark or you're going to have stuff that you kind of have batch that you'll put out? Yeah. We, people won't even know that we took any time off. It'll okay. still be the exact same release schedule. We will, we will end December with like three months worth of filmed content that's banked and ready to go. Uh, that, that just seems like the logical way to do it. I don't yeah. know. You know, so I, that's cool. Yeah, if you just crunch it out, I mean, that's good. You know, my analytical brain went, okay, how many videos do we need to release per year in order to do five videos a month? Okay, you 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 crunch that out, and basically the sweet spot for us is, hey, if we film six videos a month, but release five a month, basically by the end of the year, we've banked enough content to be able to give ourselves two months off. Um, nice. Yeah, so, and, I th- and I think unless you're yeah. talking about a new gun release, you know, it's not time sensitive. You know what I mean? Well, and that is the tricky thing. It's like, Hey, you know, there, there's going to be companies that we have to tell, Hey, yeah, we're happy Uh, today. I had a kind of weird call with company, but just had to tell them, Hey, we'll be, we'll be down to do that. We're basically booked for the rest of the year. And then we got a couple months off. So you just got to know, um, you know, well, that's kind of what I do. So like, aside from like outsourcing some stuff and kind of hiring team members, I guess I'll call them, uh, to help out with some of the day to day stuff. Really? Like, like, I had someone just the other day, they were like, Hey, like, you know, I'd I'd like to come on the show, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's great. And I want them on, but we're booked out until January 1st. You know what I mean? Like all my guest spots are are booked for the year. And that's what I try Mm -hmm. to almost in the same way. Like I have to prepare Keith and I have to prepare a few days before to get the show, you know, our questions, our interview kind of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. but I'm booked out for the year in terms of, I'm not looking for guests at this point. And that's kind of my break, you know, cause it's hard. Like you have to like find good quality people to come on and, and uh, that can be and the tough. worst part is like somebody who we really want to have on 
is finally able to do it, but you know, trying to squeeze them in and then mess with the schedule. So it does, it, it, I mean, I don't know what, where do we come? We're complaining about having fun, <laughs> you know, doing things that we enjoy doing. Yeah, right. That's I'm right. sure you kind of feel the same way about it, but you know, it is, it is a balance. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right. So guys, let's get into the show. Um, Keith, you're up first. You have an update for us. Um, yeah. I mean, this seemed to be a really hot topic with listeners and just a really hot topic in general with people around us that we talked about. But a couple episodes ago, we talked about uh, mysterious um, buyers buying up a bunch of uh, land around a California Air Force base. And it was like $800 million of agricultural land. And we all were pretty confident that it was some sort of uh, spy-induced uh, purchase. China. China. Yeah. Uh, but it has come out, and uh, it's seems pretty clear i've seen it in a few different articles now the the um sources have sort of checked out but some wealthy ultra wealthy silicon valley investors seem to have be buying up this land um they want to create like a new a self-sustaining city is what they really want to do um or what they're claiming they want to do um and uh, if you if everybody remembers the name of the company who's been buying it was flannery associates and um, it's almost 54,000 acres of land. And uh, they are, it was near Travis Air Force Base or surrounding Travis Air Force Base. The thing that's strange that's still interesting about it is like there is still a lot of zoning issues. And I don't know how they think they're going to be able to build this city the way well, that they. And security issues, right? Because it's all around the Air Force Base. Well, so there's still a little bit of, a little bit of a concern with that, I feel like. Well, there's concern only in the sense of that again like there are restrictions like right. they're not going to be able to do everything that i think they think they might be able to do but i guess that's their problem yeah um it well, is just a little I bit heard i'm sorry I, I read an article on this and the uh one of like the zoning people or something around that area said it's unlikely that you're going to be able to rezone this to residential correct like i mean very interesting i guess money talks at the end of the day but i saw the same story and i was like that's a, that's just odd. That's the part that concerns me about this is like, if you're, if you're that successful and you're, you know, I would think you're savvy and you're buying up this much property for that kind of money. And you know that that's the case. Is that really why you're doing it? It's, it just seems Don't, odd. Well, listen, I mean, even in our neighborhood, neck of the woods, there was a humongous warehouse built pretty close by and the people who built it did not read the fine print properly and they built it and they can't do what they wanted to do there. Right. So it could happen. They yeah. literally could have bought this property, not knowing, you know, I mean, what, what I did, Jake, like, I'm sure you guys probably see that crap happen. You know, people yeah, really. think they want to buy stuff and, and they don't realize what. Oh they're. yeah. I mean, Utah is very unique because it's damn near 80% of its public land. So it's like, you can't own it. Right. What I didn't like about this was, and it was this guy, uh, Jeremandy. Is he, who is Jeremandy? Uh, representative California. Yeah. He said that there was like some strong arm tactics. So they were, a lot of this land was owned by farmers. And yeah. there was these strong, strong arm tactics where they basically would, you know, get them tied up in, they're, they're tying them up in litigation. And the theory is that they're going to tie them up in a litigation to the point where they bankrupt themselves. And then they can kind of scoop it up for pennies on the dollar in like a bankruptcy suit you know well situation. well yeah but even some of them they were they bought for way more than it was worth though so there's like a weird bound there's like a weird side you know two sides to all this 
But listen, that happens too. I mean, there are there there are areas around us that get bought up by particular groups and the first half of the people that sell get the most money and then the second half of the people get screwed. You know yeah. what I mean? So that, that does happen. Chris, what do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. So I was, uh, I was kind of deep diving on this <clears throat> and read a couple articles over the last couple of days on what's going on with that. So then I took it a step further. Travis air force base is home to the 60th air wing, uh, 60th mm-hmm. mobility air wing, which their big thing that they do is the C5M Globemaster, which is like the big yeah. giant planes that they can put other planes inside of. Like the a, uh, we, we had a squadron here uh, uh, right down the street from us about four years ago. They, they've got, since gone to the, the C-17s, but they had we had C5As around here, and they are monsters. You can fit like monsters. seven double-decker buses in those things. Yeah, they're so big that they can fit stuff like the SR-71 Blackbird <laughs> inside of crazy. it. That's crazy. And fly that to wherever it needs to be flown, right? Um, those C5Ms also are in charge of and can drop ICBMs or intercontinental ballistic missiles. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And so it's an interesting place. Like, yeah, it's these Silicon Valley guys, right? Well, we all know big tech is linked to China heavily. True. Yep. And then Travis Air Force Base's area of operation is the Middle East, which also includes the East. So North Korea, China. Russia, things of that sort, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'd be hard to draw a definite conclusion, obviously, but it is very interesting. All this land's bought up by Silicon Valley, who's most of the time backed by China. They say that they have 97% American investors. Right. But, you know, Shell Corporation after Shell Corporation, whatever, I'm sure it could get traced back somewhere. So, I don't know. That's super interesting, man. Like, it seems like that airspace as well as that land would want to be off limits for a lot of stuff. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. I mean, the, you know, and we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about China in a little bit, but this whole situation that our country is in is, you know, very, very scary to me because, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about it before on the show multiple times with the, you know, shooting down the balloon and it's, you know, <laughs> It just seems like we're losing our footing in terms of being a sovereign nation, you know, and I don't want to get into the whole border crisis and, you know, the building the wall and all that stuff, but just every turn, it's like, we're just losing our, our footing in terms of being a strong nation. And it, it really, really scares me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on surface level, like people are like, oh, the balloon and all this stuff. Like, trust me, when that balloon was six feet off the ground, we were tracking it without it, without a doubt. Okay. So like the scarier thing is not that it made it over here. It's that our government allowed it to make it it over here. I agree. After tracking it for, dude, who knows how long they had been tracking that thing. Right. They, they play stupid, but guys, it's the U S government, man. We got more satellites than probably grains of sand, you know, like dude, they're tracking everything. So the scarier thing is not the balloon. The fact that our government allowed the balloon to get that close. Yeah. It's well, it's really scary to me because it's hard to tell. It's hard to like, you know, you throw a dart and anywhere it lands could wind up being a culprit, right? Like big tech could be a culprit Farm, you know, big pharma, the government itself, China, like there's all these threats and it's hard to tell who's working with who and who's letting who in bed with who. And, and it just scares me because here we are just regular folks and we're kind of like, it feels helpless. You know, it just feels like you can't, no matter what you do, 
someone screwing screwing around, you know, and that scares the hell out of me. I don't know. I mean, that's where I guess you can only do what you, you know, you can only control what you can control. Right. And that's at, at the end of the day, I mean, you, you vote the way you vote and you spend your dollars the way you spend your dollars and you spend your time the way you spend your time. But at the end of the day, you can only really control the things that you have control over. So I don't know. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. You nailed it. Have you guys been doing any like tactical training or doing anything like that? I know you guys, a lot of your time probably is like doing a lot of content, but have you actually spent a lot of time with any instructors lately or anything like that? Uh, we did some long range stuff with, uh, Joe Dawson from bruiser industry. Oh, Joe's been on the show. Hadn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He sure has. I, you yeah, guys yeah. put us in contact with him. So yep. hundred percent. Oh, nice. Um, we did, I, I wouldn't call that instruction a class per se, but like we were, you know, learning some fundamentals of long range. That was pretty cool. Uh, kind of something else recently. I'm totally Mike blanking out. Pannon, yeah, we did a two day wrist, uh, pistol red dot class with uh, Pannon. That was great. Um, I think we're always kind of in this hybrid of we're out, we're training, we're actually training while we're out. I mean, even me and Chris filming a video that'll be out next week on LPVO versus red dot. You go, okay, we're out, we're out here, we're filming, we're here to make a video, but we're actually out here training. We're just doing it on camera right. and tracking, you know, hits and times and all that kind of right. stuff. Well, so the reason I asked that is really just to do a really poor segue. But uh, <laughs> so Keith sent me this article and the article is on this Texas man who uh, shoots through his door at would-be burglars posing as these maintenance workers. I just couldn't. And just couldn't when, he, when he first, so when you first sent it to me, Keith, he just, he sent it to me and he goes reckless. And I, I read it and I watched the video really quick. And I was like, "Ooh, man!" I'm like, "Oh, it's like it, really it's reckless, you know, really reckless." But I, I've actually had a little bit of a change in my of 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 uh, opinion on this. Well, I'll be interested to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so because he did a lot of things wrong, not just on the video. Let's talk about the breakdown here. So the breakdown is uh, Texas man is in it's a it's an apart it looks like an apartment complex, yep. right? Townhouse, so he has a yep. townhouse. He he's in an apartment, and when you look out his uh, ring camera, you can see another door right across the way. Yep. And oh, so geez. this guy. Uh, the guy comes to the door and says he, he needs to change his air conditioning filters. Correct. So he says he's basically there for maintenance. And uh, the next thing you know, uh, the guy says, I'm not home through his camera. He yep. says, I'm not home. You have to come back. You have to come back. And he goes to the neighbor's door. And the next thing you know, he basically is trying to kick open the guy's door. And while he's doing this, he has a pistol in his hand. So he's armed. And a second man comes. So, yeah. So so he's armed. He starts kicking the door, kicking the door, kicking the door. And now a, another guy comes, a masked guy. He, this gentleman was not masked. Another guy comes. He's masked. He starts kicking the door. And the next thing you see is just bullets coming through the door. So yep. he, sh he shoots through. Turns out he shoots 13 shots. Now, I read the whole article uh, it, they, they found 13 shots in the wall across the way that was cement. So there was cement across the way, um, shoots 13 shots, and they returned fire with two shots. So altogether, 15 shots. Uh, they wind up taking off. Police come. Uh, they catch and, the guy because he, the one without a mask, they were able to identify, yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> they catch that guy. They don't. I don't know if they've caught the other guy yet. So. My initial reaction to this, before I read the article, I just watched the video. I was like, oh my God, like this is terrible. He just like opens fire. I did not, A, I did not realize the guy had a gun in his hand. That, I didn't realize that. So I read the article and then watched the video a second time. Um, and so first of all, I'm going to kind of pose a question. Imagine your home 
Now, granted, the reckless part is he has another door across the hall. Correct. Right. That's the if, if there is a reckless part. That's pretty much the reckless part. And on top of that, well, you're and, shooting and you really don't have a a, a, um, a sight picture. And some of the things he said in the aftermath okay. are reckless. But So the part where I'm posing a question, like I said, is what do you do in this situation? Because these guys are kicking it. They're, they're looking to come in and they have a gun on them. Right, it's not like they're kicking in the door and they they're maybe or maybe not armed. He he could have he could have announced, "Hey, I am home. I have a firearm." Right? Could have. You come through the door. <laughs> you know, could have, right? Could have. Now he says later, uh, "Thank God my neighbors were I, I don't, I'm paraphrasing a bit. Thank God my neighbors weren't home or they were at work. My wife wasn't here with my my child, I believe." So that's where I start to go, "Okay, he knows the neighbors aren't home." He knows there's no one else in his house. Well, I mean, he said, thank God. Maybe, maybe he found that out afterwards. And then he said to the news um, agency that he was talking to, you know, I think the question that they asked him was, you know, what were you thinking when you were shooting? And he said, I, I was hoping I got him. <laughs> that was mainly, I was just hoping I got him. I was like, really? <laughs> well, that was a dumb statement because again, it's not, you're, you're basically admitting you didn't have a sight picture. Right, which the only thing that saves him is that ring camera. Yeah, he was able to. He can say, "I had a sight picture. I saw they had a firearm." Right, I saw they were at the door. At the door. Yeah. Right. That's the only thing that kind of saved him. Um, man, I, I've I've ran this through my head like a million times. And it wasn't like, Texas. If you, if you, it wasn't Texas. If the guy had no gun on him, and he's kicking the door, I'm thinking to myself, to myself, the second that door gets kicked down. That's it. Yep. Right. Um, the fact that he has a gun on him is the part where I get a little shaky because you already know that the second that door comes down, fire is coming your way. And do you really want to wait for that to happen if you could avoid it? Right. The, and I will give you credit that to your to your credit, very nicely done on your part, Keith. Your your vocal commands always carry weight. Sure. Right. So he could have potentially ended it with. I'm home, I'm armed. If you come through the door, I will shoot. And if that guy walks away, it stops him from having to shoot, right? Now, if they continue, then you can maybe articulate, look, I gave him verbal warnings. They kept right. kicking the door down. I feared for my life that if that door came down, I was gonna get shot. So that's the that that part, I, I agree, very nicely done on your part, Keith. Guys, what do you think in terms of the stuff that you've either read or trained with? How do you feel about this? Jake, you want to go first or me? No, go for it. So, you know, if I look through my ring doorbell and there's a dude that's not supposed to be there, you know, uh, I'm I'm already getting a gun. Like yep. that's just, yeah, I got. Yeah, this guy you know, waited. I have, yeah, I don't. I don't have kids. Uh, you know, my wife is good around guns. Like I got guns everywhere, dude. Um, secondly, as soon as you see that dude has a firearm, that changes everything because that would be my hesitancy is like. You know, do I want the headache of burning this dude down and he doesn't have a gun, right? Yep. But as soon as you see that gun, like, dude, I'm getting in a barricaded position in my house. Like, I got a decently long hallway. I know how it's laid out. I know exactly where I'd go. And as soon as that door, like, made it an inch into my house and I had a good sight picture, because he didn't have sight picture, he could positively identify with the camera the threat and the threat had a gun, right? So as soon as that door gets kicked open, I then have sight picture through the optic and like, dude, that guy, unfortunately, is probably not making it. 
Like that's my two cents. Right. Was um, anyone impressed with how strong the door was? I mean, they were kicking. Yeah. He definitely put bigger screws in that door. <laughs> Must have. Uh, I, I just think he's like, you know, built like Jake. He's, he's ah. couldn't. Now. No, 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 no. Oh, poor Jake. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jake's not small. You're just gigantic. There's a big difference. It's absolutely uh, true. That listen, uh, that that's what you say around me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I admit I'm small. I'm like 170 pounds. Like I'm I'm definitely like a smaller person. Yeah, that's Jake. He's 170 pounds, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jake, Jake. No, I, I take it back then. You're small, man. <laughs> All right, he's he's 173 and a half pounds right now, and I hear about it every day because he's three and a half pounds overweight, and yeah, it's I'm like a woman. I'm a little bulky right now myself, Jake. I feel your pain. Yeah, I'm cutting down. I'm looking pretty good right now. Nice, man. <laughs> Jake, what are you doing in that scenario? <sighs> man, it, 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 here, here's the thing. The honest answer is I have no fucking – can I uh, – Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Oh, Shit. by the way, by the way Jake, Shit, really, fuck, ass. Yeah, really quick, Jake, just so you know, we've already poured, man. So if you're going to pour, fucking pour your drink. Yeah, I'm ready for a second. Oh, okay, okay, right up. <laughs> like, the true answer is I have no clue because I've never been in that scenario. Like, that's the honest answer. And I think in that moment, once the adrenaline starts hitting, what you think you might do may not be what you actually do because so many of us, you know, go into this like I wish a guy would kind of thing. And it's like, yep. dude, do you? And like, you really have no idea what you're going to do. Um, my hunch is the same as Chris, which is I'm clearly like, as soon as I get a, unless I know that FedEx is about to drop off a package, if my doorbell goes off, I'm going to the gun with a door, not like out pointed at them, but it's like, I will have a gun readily available if I don't know who's at my door. Right. But my hunch is, Hey, the door's being kicked. Clearly I'm getting posted up. I probably am not sending rounds through the door is, is my, ideal scenario but i think like chris as soon as that door starts to give away and as soon as a red dot is now pointed at the perpetrator coming into my house to do harm to me you gotta go so uh all right so i'll give a little bit of like my perspective in terms of my own home so i i mean i live in we live in a very nice neighborhood we live in a it's somewhat of a secluded neighborhood. So there's, Agreed. you know, there's 30 houses, but we're kind of off the beaten path, all 30 houses. And I don't know about you, Keith, but like people come to the door all the time, right? Like it's FedEx, it's this. I get a lot of the- I get some Jehovah Witnesses. Some I of talk, those. I talk to them. I get a lot of the, uh, like the solar companies, like, yeah, hey, we want to, yep. right? And so I have gone to the door and I'll say like, hey, like, what do you got, you know? And usually they're wearing the shirt, which I'm not saying is like, you know, the end all be all, right? But I have to be honest, like, I don't always go, like just go grab my gun. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of assess sort of like after talking the guy through the door, like, all right, but I'm bad at this. Like I probably should be more vigilant and be like, you know what? I'm going to go to the door with a gun because I don't know this guy, right? So fully admitting that. Now with that said, my front door, I think yours as well, Keith, there is clear glass on it. Yep. I can positively mm. identify. I, if someone started kicking down my, or kicking on my door with a gun in their hand, I think I might take a shot through the door. Because I could see them. Like, I could actually. New York, that's tough. I mean, Texas, you can get away with it. I, don't, I, I, I said maybe. I, you know, New York is tough. You know? The key I mean, is having have, a gun. If yeah. they were just kicking on the door, I think I would just wait for the door to open up and I would just be positioned in a, you know, in a place to take a shot. But, it's, it's sad, but given, given the state that we live in, I've sort of mentally gotten myself prepared for I almost have to be shot at first. Yeah. <laughs> you I know? mean, it's tough with someone having a gun in their hand. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, if someone has a gun in their hand and they're kicking on my door, I'm like, you're coming in to do harm on me yep. and my kids. You know what I mean? 
I don't know. That's t- it's it's. T- I mean, it's always tough being in New York, but um, for me, the thing is the guy having the gun in his hand. Well, and the door itself changes the dynamics. You're talking yeah. about a glass door where you can essentially PID a target through a door. Like I don't have that luxury. I got a peephole, but it's like I don't have. I I don't want a glass door. That for me right. is that would freak me out. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, those are all considerations, and I always resort back to. I don't. I don't think any the vast majority of dudes, even dudes that train, have any idea what they're going to do until it happens. If someone comes up and tries to get in a fight with them or stab them, I don't think most of us have a clue what we're going to do. Right. Yeah, and here's the other part: this guy in this situation, like he shot through the door. How does he know that that guy doesn't shoot through his door first? You know what I mean? Like, that's the other part of this is like, you know, that guy had a gun. He could have decided he was going to do that. So, I mean, that's why these situations, that's, and you brought it up perfectly. Self-preservation is pretty strong in most people. (laughs) And these two burglars had self-preservation. Yeah. You know. But Jake, you bring up a good point of everyone thinks they have a plan, right? Until that shit actually fucking happens. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, what am I going to do? You know? Well, I mean, that, that goes for both sides, right? Evil, yeah. evil or not. I mean, in this example, I mean, those guys scurried off pretty far. Oh, quick. They, were, they were not planning on 13 <laughs> shots coming their way. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. All right. So we yeah. started off We started off the show. We were talking about uh, buying up land. Keith, we both, you know, earlier on, a couple of weeks back, we talked about the idea of it being China. Uh, and here we are back to China. Yeah, I mean, I, I sent you this article because when I, when I came across it, and it's two U.S., sailors arrested allegedly spying for China. It, it kind of struck me because this is becoming more frequent, dare I say. Um, I haven't I, heard I, about I, actual spying, have you? Well, there was another... The, in, there the was balloon, another, obviously, but... There yeah. was another instant, uh, instance of a... Uh, we, we talked about it on the show of a, of a, a gentleman passing off information. Um, he was in Massachusetts, National Guardsman. Um, talked about yeah. it. Yeah, right. Were one of you on the show, actually, guys, Chris or, or, or Jake? I, I don't remember, possibly. But um, anyway, two two new guys, uh, both with um, Ch- China uh, d- descendants in their in their family, which is a little I don't know. I don't want to say concerning, but definitely something I guess worth mentioning. Um, but the first one's 2020, uh, 22-year-old uh, petty officer, second class, uh, arrested on uh, espionage and specifically uh, conspiracy to commit the communication of defense information uh, to a foreign uh, government. Uh, and he was stationed out of San Diego. And the second one was in uh, Monterey Park and was arrested and charged with conspiracy and receipt of a bribe. Uh, by public officials. So they both, you know, were selling information. They had classified um, uh, information, a material uh, that was classified as secret. Um, and one of them was born in China and became a U.S. citizen only in 2022 and is given classified That's secret. That's wild to me. By wild, way. right? You know, Um Again, and I don't. I'm not saying that because he's from China. I'm just saying that in general, you come from another country, you become a citizen, and a year later, you're you're given uh, classified, you know, uh, access. I like. Why can't I have it then? (laughs) 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 Uh, I think I should be able to get that pretty easily then. Um, And they one of the one of the uh, two of them actually 
you know, accepted money, uh, like I mentioned before, but they had sem- sensitive information related to technology they worked with, uh, naval operations, military exercises. By the way, it wasn't that much money. No, it, it was, was like, like 40, seven, yeah, it was 17,000 or something. Like I'm thinking, I think total, it was like $40,000. Like being you risked 20 years in jail and like giving up a good government job for $17,000. Like I, for, I'm sorry, you're right. $14,000. I okay. apologize. It was I, I, 40 would have been generous, but I wouldn't even do it for $40,000. No. Like $40 million. Right. <laughs> I was expecting when I heard that they received money, I was expecting it literally to be in like the hundreds of thousands or millions. Like, right. There's no way I was expecting like tens of thousands. Yeah. Wild. Wild. So I actually read a separate article about this mm. and I, I wish I had saved it. I did not. But one of their mothers encouraged them, uh, said something to the effect of, you know, do this and set yourself up for a good, like to get a good spot in like the Chinese government. Like, you know, they'll, they'll take care of it. Like she was encouraging them. Have you seen what, what the Chinese government does when they've had enough use for you? <laughs> I haven't because those people aren't around to tell well, me. Well, there's some videos. Are like there was a video recently of a high ranking Chinese official being walked out of a meeting and like everybody just like bowing their head and like not looking at him. <laughs> and this guy's being dragged out of there and he probably died in the hallway. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So Chris, you had said you had done uh, some research on stuff. Anything on this? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> one thing, China is a great country. I got a backpack China when I was a teenager for two weeks, beautiful country. The people are awesome. It's the government that shit, right? Yep. Yep. Um, similar here. We got great. Thank you for saying shit. that. Right. Um, Secondly, I I couldn't find info on one of the guys, but one of the guys not only had, you know, classified information, he had a secret clearance. Yeah. Which is important because he had, you know, access and a clearance to who knows what. And he was he was the one that was born in China. Correct. I think that's correct. Yeah. Correct. Which. So we have friends just, you know, working in the gun industry and working with guys that we do that get secret clearances and top secret clearances and stuff. I, like hearing what you have to go through to get that clearance, I have no clue how that dude got it by being a citizen for a year. Like that is bananas in my books. But um, really, ours too. Sadly, it just, you know, <clears throat> you're going to probably see more and more of this. And it seems like, oh, well, they might have been low level guys, maybe not a ton of information. Like, dude, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if oh. they have access to information, it's access to information, right? 100%. Yep. I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You see stuff like this, and then you see soldiers who are actually trying to do the job doing the right yeah. thing and a good patriots get hung out to dry by the government it just gives so. it just gives it a bad name and it, it it just adds more to what we were talking about earlier about how it just like it just puts us as a country in this weak position i feel like i don't know yes i mean also like think of it from that dude's perspective hey my own government's getting in bed with china there's yeah. plenty of things that point to that uh I'd be hard pressed to say even our commander in chief isn't in bed with China. And uh, so like <laughs> this dude, like, well, you know, he's doing it. I'm doing it. Hell, why not? Like set up my family back in China, maybe point. You know, flee the U S and be taken care of in China. There's a million possibilities there. So while, while you brought it up, a couple of things I want to just touch on. I don't know about you guys, but I'm in a bunch of different group chats. Keith, you, you and I are in a, in a 
group chat together with uh, some friends, with like-minded friends, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually in a couple of group chats with people that are actually the opposite of me, where I'm the outlier. I'm the the one who has different view viewpoints and opinions. And in one of these groups, I was talking about uh, Biden. And I'm not afraid to kind of like go at it with him, even though I'm the outlier. And I said, I was like, you know, look at, I know there's no quote unquote hardcore evidence that he did any wrongdoing or had ties to China. But when you start looking at the evidence that they have and the idea that other Bidens were making deals in China and there's um, unnamed people with the initials JB, I'm like, come on. Like, I, I get it. I understand. But like, how much closer to a smoking gun do you have to, do you have to get? Right. <laughs> It's yeah. just, it's wild to me that people can't, someone said, someone asked me the other day and they were just fucking with me, but they were like, are you one of these mouth breathers who believes the election was stolen? Mouth breather. And I said, I almost wanted to say, I no, I'm a I, mouth believer breather who, never mind. I, 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 <laughs> never I, mind. I, I, I almost wanted to say, well, I have a deviated septum, so I have to breathe through my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should have said. But, uh, I, my actual answer was no comment, which was actually the funniest comment because they knew exactly what I meant by that. But what bugs me- Mouth breather. And actually what I did say, this is the actual statement I made. I said, there's no evidence. However, I find it very odd that a man who stumbles and mumbles could actually get more of the popular vote than one of the greater orators of our time in Obama. Because I knew that they voted for Obama. And I'm like, and listen, love or hate Obama, the guy can speak. The guy can talk. He's polished. Oh, yeah. Right? And so it's like, how did- He doesn't freeze during press conferences. How did this mumbling, bumbling idiot get more votes than Obama? How's that even possible? Both sides are just, oh, forget it. It's just so out of control. I don't even know where to go anymore. I like, I go to the shooting range (laughs) and uh, train. (laughs) All right, Jake, you're up. What do you got for me? What do you think on this? Any thoughts on China? You know- (laughs) To me, it's not actually that shocking. <laughs> Jake I, is the one that's like, you know, Wyatt, kind of expected. I just assume that everyone's spying on everyone. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like, well, yeah, of course, of course, we've got, of course, we have people in China, and of course, they got people here, and of course, we got people in Russia, and they got people here. It's like, I just assume that's the way the world works. That's a good with, point. Without going into the long backstory, I mean, it's like I, I had a pretty in, influential uh, mentor at a at a stage of life who. Um, was a pretty legendary Cold War spy. And, um, you know, I got to talk to him about, you know, just crazy Cold War spy stories. And you just go, yeah, man, everyone's spying on everyone. Like, it, that, that that's the nature of the Happens. beast. So to me, it's like, yeah. yeah I mean, there is a whole that. museum dedicated to spy technology, that's right? That's true. So. That's very true. Oh, have yeah. you, have yeah. you been to that, Keith? I have, Washington. Yeah, yeah I want to go there. It's got to be freaking awesome. Go ahead, Jake. The crazy thing, the crazy thing though, is that this dude had a clearance. Like that's not so talking, talking to people that have clearances. Like, dude, they talk to your neighbors. They go as far back in your history as they can. They'll go talk to neighbors, you know, on the street that you grew up in when you were five years old, dude. Like, I mean, they go so far in depth. One, it seems impossible they'd be able to go that far in depth on a dude who's been a citizen for a year. Right. Well, that's the funny part, right? Is it's like, wait, you didn't have to go very far to find out that this guy doesn't have that much of an allegiance to this country, right? Yeah, you know, at the same time, see, I look at it and I go, okay, I've been on someone's security clearance interviews, um, you know, like who, you know, yeah, I, that's straightforward. Like I, I was involved in his security clearance um, screening and um, – 
So you go, okay, yeah, I can be diligent at the same time. Think about all the boneheads with power that have security clearance. Oh, so again, yeah. doesn't shock me because there's a lot of fucking idiots. No, with and I, I agree with. I that. mean, this guy was a, a Chinese citizen until right. two thousand, right? So you know, you, you go talk part. to you go talk to their neighbor, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he seemed like a good guy." You know, he he held it together for twelve months. So I don't know. <laughs> well, the problem that I have with this is so, Jake. To your point, if uh, if Keith, Big Keith is going for a security clearance, right? I mean, Keith, you've lived in this area your entire life. Your family's been here for at least another generation or more. More right? than one More generation. than that. Like yeah. if Big Keith is going for a security clearance, they're going to dig back and they're going to talk to lots of people and they're going to basically have a really good um, library of, 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 of commentary. Right? I drive fast. I get a lot of speeding tickets. Right. <laughs> Right. And so if, if your security clearance is CIA, um, sorry, excuse me, um, Secret Service driver, you actually would get the job. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, this guy could get could get the target out. No problem. Uh, anyway, um, so, but with this guy, I mean, they were in China, like, how long ago? What was it? He became a U.S. citizen in 2022. Right. So I don't know I how mean, long he was in China. So, but, I mean, you know, like, you're, you, how far could you dig? I mean, you're going to dig in China like his neighbors in China. And yeah. Say, hey, how, how no, no, they're he? still they're still under lockdown. From yeah, COVID. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's just comical. Like, I don't know how they could give security clearance to a guy who just got here a year ago. It well, they it's crazy. They At probably the same time, hey, what was the kid not that long ago? Like <clears throat> legit kid that blew up some uh, secret information. I mean, he was like. 20 or something like that. Yeah. Posted it on something like Discord or oh, something. Oh, yeah, that's the guy I was talking about. That was, he was in Massachusetts, a National Guardsman. Yep. You know, I, mean, I mean, again, does any of this shock anyone? I mean, look at that. I like, mean, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds like we're just grossly incompetent. Maybe, <laughs> it, you know what, it, it, it could, maybe it's this, uh, you know, um, uh, what do I want to say? Like, it's, it's this diversity movement. Like, oh, you know, we have to, we have to just, you know, he's from China. He's a Chinese guy. He's now a citizen. We got to give him a security clearance. We got to show that everybody can have this well, and everybody you, can can accomplish this. You know, maybe laugh as I'm thinking back a few weeks ago, we <sighs> talked with uh, Zeke Stout. Yeah. And we were talking about somehow China came up and he goes, I don't know if you guys know Zeke or not, but he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, just go to SHOT Show and like l walk around and you'll see like people taking photos of product, yeah. taking photos of product, like, literally they're, they're stealing intellectual property at the show itself. And it's like, holy shit, man. Like, you know, and that's like little shit, right? Like that's not, that's not national security. That's just products. But yeah, well, you want to go a little bit deeper with SHOT Show. This is an interesting factoid. So SHOT Show falls in line typically with the AVN Awards, which is the porn industry. I had award. no idea. I've heard that too. I didn't know that. Like they're back to back. They're much. the exact same week, sir. Guns no shit. Guns and porn. Well, Fuck. well, again, think of this on multiple levels. You have military procurement generals and dudes from all over the world. With a bunch of porn in. stars. Okay. So porn stars happen to be there now. <laughs> The flip side of it is, I read an article. We're about going this. to Shot Show next year, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I read an article by a former Green Beret who also mentions there's a huge influx of Chinese uh. porn stars that then you know go to all these bars and all these parties and start rubbing shoulders with some generals and stuff, and uh. you know where that lead, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Little so it's little pickpocketing. Dude, 
Yeah, this isn't even conspiracy theory. You walk around SHOT Show or Vegas that week, you see it. I stayed in the Hard Rock, which was the same hotel as the AVN Awards. I can't imagine why you picked that hotel. I didn't pick that hotel. I'm actually not (laughs) into that kind of stuff. It kind of grosses me out, but um, I didn't pick the hotel room. Honey, honey, if you're listening and I ever go to SHOT Show, I swear I'm going to be off the strip. I'm staying off the strip. Pandering, get out of here. <laughs> like, oh, I don't like naked women. <laughs> All right. So I want to get into the second half of the show. But before we do, uh, I want to briefly talk about on-site firearms training. So the entire crew over there are in a sounding. <laughs> wow. I had too many drinks. Outstanding, outstanding group, group, of group of people. Of people who we know personally, and they genuinely do care about helping their students become better shooters, and we've experienced it firsthand. So, As long ex- as you remember what they said. That's right. They have an extensive course offering and teach classes throughout the country, so look for them wherever they might be. Whether it's pistol, shotgun, or even tactical lever action, you're guaranteed to find a course to meet your needs. So check them out at OFTLLC.us. All right, so we are going to get to some more current events and articles and news and crazy stuff like that. But before we do, we have a very nice opportunity tonight because Chris is on the show. And Chris, you have uh, a good amount of knowledge on suppressors. So I thought we could take a deep dive and get a little bit of an education on suppressors, even though we live in New York and we're probably never going to own them. Uh, I thought that <laughs> there may be people out there that e- uh, either want to get suppressors and they could use the information or they have suppressors and maybe there's some things that they're missing out on because they, they don't have the knowledge that you do. So, um, well, is it true that it helps you kill people quietly? <laughs> uh, I mean, in some respects, yes. <laughs> Keith, Keith has a longstanding theory that the only reason they're illegal in New, in New York is because movies had made it have made it seem that that is uh, is the is the case. That's right? my theory. Yeah. That's why we're not allowed to have them in New York. Yeah, because people can can die quietly. Too, too many mobster movies. I got to be honest. If I'm going to die, I want to die quietly. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you I, mean, know. I don't think you hear it anyway. No, probably not. <laughs> They were rolled into the NFA Act uh, because they were not, in quotations, common use items at the time, okay. right? Okay. Um, you start doing suppressor math. There's you know well over a million in circulation at this point. One company holds the lion's share of that um, just because they've been around forever. Who's and that? I would argue uh, Science or Co., they're um, – gosh dang it, what can is it? The Omega – I think there's more units of that sold than any other suppressor currently. Okay. Um, but it is a little bit of an outdated can. And that's kind of one of the, the talking points I picked is kind of how suppressor technology has really come up in the last five years, like leaps and bounds. Um, a big thing with suppressors nowadays is something they call flow through, which is a patented term by Huxworks which is a suppressor company, but it basically implies exactly what it says. It allows gases and cancerous material to flow through the suppressor and out the front. Okay. So reason why that's important is, you know, special operations command, SOCOM and some other people like Hunter seven foundation have done some research and studies on cancers with soldiers and specifically special operations guys. So typical, like a surefire RC two suppressor, which has been kind of the, premier military suppressor for a long time that doesn't have flow through technology in it. So the shooter gets a lot of gas and that cancerous stuff blown back into his face, especially if you're like Jake and you're left-handed, 
you're you're basically sucking right out the ejection port. Right? So let me let me stop you really quick because, um, and I'm not. This is not a joke. It, it is as serious as I can be. We are so far removed from this world because it's not. I, I don't know a single person. Oh, okay. Right, okay. and so I see all the memes and the jokes. And so like the things you're saying are kind of starting to like, oh, now I understand that that joke or I understand that that meme, you know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, so exactly, can you explain exactly like the the blowback that so gases from if you if it's not going out the front, it'll come back towards you, is that it? Correct. Yeah, so suppressors create what's called back pressure. So all that pressure and um, all the like gases that come out of the barrel behind the bullet recirculate through the suppressor back through the barrel into your upper receiver out the ejection port out where the charging handle is right into your face jake how bad does it suck i i I mean it very it really depends on the suppressor and how the gun is gassed like it it, those two things are critical do do baffles have anything to do with that yes okay yes So a big leap forward in technology for suppressors to add flow through is a lot of suppressor companies are getting into 3D printing their Mm -hmm. suppressors. And so what that allows is they can print really interesting geometric shapes from the ground up. It's called additive manufacturing. We talked about this one time before. And so this is where there's like like a seamless model where there's no seam, correct? Yep. Yeah, you got it. It's printed from the ground up in a couple different materials. See, a lot of I, I, I do listen to you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> At least someone does. <laughs> um, but yeah, they print them out of titanium dust. So basically it just prints layer by layer, you know, of dust over the next layer. And at the end of it, you have a fully built suppressor. So the internal core and the exterior sleeve are all one piece. Other suppressors, they make the core out of stainless steel put it in the sleeve and then weld it into the suppressor. So that's kind of the leap forward in technology. Now, what is the price difference between one versus the other in terms of technology? And obviously there's different brands, but generally speaking. Yeah. Well, if you take old suppressors like the Surefire, that's subtractive manufacturing, right? So you have a a piece of metal that you, you know, use tooling and like, you know, four or five axis CNC machines to remove metal. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that can potentially be just as expensive to produce a suppressor that way because you got to factor in cost of materials, but also um, someone building it and working on the suppressor, right? Okay. Now, the flip side is this. There's less people involved on 3D printing suppressors, but to print like an inch of the titanium suppressors will run you anywhere between like $70 and $90, eh, $50 and $80 per inch. So, I mean, you have a six-inch suppressor, right? You can do the math on that. I don't do math in public. What is that, $540 right there just yep. printing the suppressor, right? Then you got to pay for cost of materials and all that stuff. So, at the end of the day, there might be a little bit higher price for the 3D printed suppressors, but you're getting some benefits because of that, right? Okay. So, um, sort of like fast-forwarding a little bit because this is a question that I, I've never had answered on the show. <clears throat> Keith, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. So sure. Keith, Keith always makes the joke about people dying quietly, <laughs> but, and, and, and the idea of like, you know, what it's like in a movie. And my understanding is that 
it's not quite it that. Isn't. It, it's it, not, what... It isn't. It's not that quiet, right? But so how quiet is it in terms of like, I've heard the idea that like if you're shooting out a, a, a an AR-15 that you still need hearing protection. Is that true? Or is that based on different manufacturers? I think that's, yeah. Well, I'll let Chris hear. Yeah. So, um, you know, they rate it in decibels. And for right. a long time, they just use a standard decibel meter. And what everyone shoots for on like an AR-15, no pun intended, is like, 130 to 135 decibels overall. So it's a reduction in, you know, a, what is it? Uh, it's a big reduction in decibels, um, like 10, 20, 30 decibels, right? But is so it hearing it safe? So I'm getting to that. Okay, so sorry. And, and, that's a, and that's a little bit more than like a standard concert, just for reference. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> So all suppressors, well, most suppressors are what's considered hearing safe, which is that 130 to 135 decibel rating, but that is for limited use. So you're talking, dude, I don't like to shoot unsuppressed or without hearing protection because I have great hearing and I've tried to protect it. Um, but extended use, so you know, you're talking two, three mags through it without hearing protection, it is going to damage your ear over time. Now, will you know? within 24 hours? No, but over the course of six months, a year, depending on how much you shoot, it will damage your ear over time. So to put this in perspective, well, if you are, if you have a rifle in your home that is suppressed, let's just say AR-15, just for, just for, you know, to just to pick a rifle, <clears throat> sure. uh, 5.56 or 223. To pick America's rifle. Yeah, exactly. And you had a home invasion and you used it right? You're not going to go, it is going to be a big advantage in the fact that it is not going to give you concussion. It's not going to, it's not going to like, you know, dull your senses. And at the end of the day, after the event is all over and you make it out alive because you have kick-ass training, uh, you're, you're not going to be deaf at the end of this. However, you would not want to go to every range day and just not wear your hearing protection. No, you, you nailed it on the head, dude. Okay. And actually, so I've been able to shoot suppressed in like empty houses with no furniture or anything, just in like CQB stuff. Yep. And then I've shot in houses with furniture and carpet and drapes and everything like that. It is significantly more quiet in a house with furniture and stuff. Sure. Yep. What does it but bring? It will still what your ear over extended use? What I'll does it bring a, the decibel? Uh, I'm sorry, Dad. Jake too. Go ahead, Keith. I was going to say, what does it bring the decibel level down to? So, like, if it's 135 without suppressed. What does it bring it down to? No, it's it's 135 suppressed. Oh, yeah. I misunderstood. Yep. Yeah, so it brings it to like a concert level because you brought that out. Yeah. That's the level it's at suppressed, which okay. when you yep. think about that makes sense. If you go to a concert, <clears throat> like you're going to come out, you're going to be okay, right? Like yeah, you know, your ears could ring for a little while, you know what I mean? Right. So <clears throat> is the technology getting to the point where like, there is hearing safe suppressors that you at, well, I mean, you kind of covered that the fact that they technically are hearing safe, but are we getting any closer to the point where you actually could just use them constantly without ear pro? So there's a, there is a nuance to that. And when you start changing calibers, you can start playing with decibels. So okay. like a nine millimeter pistol usually suppresses down to like 126 to 130. 30 decibels right around there. What's, now, what's if you 22? get an AR-15, say again? What's a, like, 22, like a 22 long? Has to be hearing sick. Completely. Yeah, that's got to be. Oh, dude. Yeah, so shooting suppressed 22 pistols is the funnest shooting experience because, <laughs> yeah. dude, it sounds like an ant fart, man. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah. 
it is it is like the movies it is a hundred percent like the movies okay um and so uh so so let me ask you a question so um when we're talking about uh like a nine millimeter um pistol caliber pistol caliber carbine that is typically like a lot of people will talk about the idea of that whether that round is effective whether having a you know a rifle like that is you know there's a purpose for that and you know, I've heard a lot of people say, like, why would you do that? But I have to imagine that if you're suppressing that, it has to be pretty quiet. So does that add an advantage in that in terms of like a, tac- a tactical advantage, I should say? Yeah, yeah. And you could do nine mil carbine, which I think there's still a place for. Or what I was going to say is a 300 blackout chambered yeah. AR. Yep. That, that is almost movie quiet also because you have subsonic ammunition. Right. So it's not breaking the sound barrier. And you have a 210 grain projectile like coming down the hall. So basically two nine mil rounds in one, right? Yep. So I think a hundred percent there's a place for, you know, PCCs, pistol caliber carbines, or like, you know, carbines chambered in a pistol caliber. Cause like, you know, a lot of people use a pistol for home defense. Right. So if it's in a platform that you now have three points of contact, an optic, a suppressor, like dude, you just stack the odds in your favor. Now tactical mm-hmm. advantage. You know, it'd be a tactical advantage if there was multiple adversaries for sure. Right. Cause like they would not be able to pinpoint exactly where you are. So if there's multiple adversaries for sure, if there's one, then it doesn't really matter. Right. Sure. Um, other than another, your other than your hearing. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, I have buddies, you know, infantry Marines who they talk about getting in gunfights over in Afghanistan, Afghanistan with no hearing protection and how their body goes into fight or flight and like basically hearing kind of gets shut off, you know? And so even after long gunfights, my buddies will be like, dude, it hurt my ears, but I didn't notice it. Cause like your adrenaline and everything is pumping so much. You don't really notice. It probably now, is like total tunnel vision where like everything's ringing and you're, it's probably just so, um, the adrenaline is probably so strong that you're probably just going into like, you know, fight mode. Yeah. Yeah, just autopilot, basically. Yeah, right? exactly. Jake, Jake had a caveat to all this. What were you going to say, Jake? No, I was just going to add that that speed and velocity is probably the biggest variable in terms of how impressive or not impressive it's going to sound. Because yes. if you take five five six, five five six relies on velocity in order to do its job. So you can't have subsonic five five six because it won't tumble. It defeats the entire purpose of five five six. So yep, yep. because five five six cracks the sound barrier you're never gonna have quiet 5.56 you're just not because even on a bolt action rifle where you go okay there's no port pop there's no ejection or anything you go the round's still breaking the sound barrier so you're always going to catch a lot of noise as soon as you go to 45 for example that's always subsonic or 300 blackout that can be subsonic you go, okay, now you can start getting into quiet territory mm-hmm. because you're not dealing with sound barriers. Yeah, so this is an area where, so Keith and I have two uh, two completely separate philosophies on life. Um, <laughs> anybody who listens to the show is not gonna be shocked by this. <laughs> no. But my philosophy is, uh, I have I want as few calibers as possible. So I, I want 22, I want uh, 12 gauge, I want nine millimeter, I want five five six two two three. And uh, when I get in a long range, it'll be 6.5 Creedmoor. And that's all I ever want until uh, there's a reason to have more. Keith is the other, the opposite. He is, I, I want, want every, one of everything, every, every caliber. Uh, Keith wants every caliber known to man. Um, so 
uh, Keith and I, a while back, he, he said something about uh, 300 blackout and he's like, I want 300 blackout. And I was like, there's literally zero reason for you to have that. And he goes, I, I forget the exact wording, but it was basically, but the name's really cool. And I, was like, <laughs> I, 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 I agree with that hundred percent. It is a very cool uh, name of a caliber. I said, but it's expensive and it basically does nothing for you unless it's suppressed. However, uh, based on this conversation, if you are suppressing, it has a super, super, uh, there's a super reason to have it. And so that would be, going back to my reasoning, if I could get a suppressor, that would be a reason where I would get we'll a 300 yeah. blackout, right? So um, so Chris, th that that point was uh, very well made. Before we move on to the, the, la uh, the last couple segments here, um, can you go through maybe people who live in places where they can have, but they've never, not gone through the process? What is the process in terms of the tax stamp and going through the NFA to get said suppressor? Yeah, sure. So if you're in a state that you can legally own suppressors, uh, we call that America. You guys don't know what that's <laughs> I'm in, We live okay. in New Yorkistan. Exactly. Um, so if you can buy a firearm legally from a gun store, you can you're legally allowed to own a suppressor. That's a common misconception is that there you can't anyone. If you can legally own a firearm, you can legally own a suppressor, which at the end of the day is a tube of metal that the government or mafia embezzles $200 from us every time we buy one. So every time you buy a suppressor, you have to pay a $200 tax stamp, whether that's one suppressor or 10 suppressors, you're paying $200 per suppressor. So are sucks. you better off literally saving up for multiples and paying one time? So I'll get no, to that. It's a $200 bit. per. Oh, 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 sorry. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But there is an advantage to that, which I'll get to in a second here. So you, you fill out paperwork, you have to submit two fingerprint cards and two passport photos. Okay. Okay. And then you basically just sit and wait until the government says, hey, we've held this, you know, it stays at your local FFL. The government sends the tax stamp to the FFL or now with the electronic filing system, you get an email with it and you can then go down and take your suppressor home from the gun store. Okay. Now, there is a theory, like you said, and I've seen this personally. I had a buddy that had two or three suppressors in and then he did what's called a batch purchase. So he submitted paperwork for five suppressors the same day. So that's a thousand dollars in tax stamps, yep. right? That is 10 fingerprint ID cards and 10. Passport oh my God. How much is that? Yep. Jesus Christ. Most gun stores do that kind of on the house for you, which is really cool. Okay. Um, so he submitted all that and he got all five of those back six months before the other ones he had put in previously, because there's a theory that batch submissions go to the top of the pile and then they get approved quicker. But oh. you're talking five suppressors. Let's say they're just a thousand dollars for easy math. So there's five grand in suppressors. You have a thousand dollars in tax stamps you just paid for. Like, dude, that is an expensive venture. So what yeah. I tell people submit your paperwork for one suppressor, start researching the next one you want. Cause 85% of people, when they buy one suppressor, they, they buy another one. Um, a lot of people think, oh, I'll just buy one. Not the case. 85% of people <laughs> buy multiple. Okay. Yep. Um, so what I tell people is after you get your first one back, you've been doing your research on the next one you want, submit paperwork for that one. So that way you always have one in the rotation, which the rotation takes about nine to 12 months to get approved. Wow. So one last question. Um, the thread on suppressors is pretty standard. 
So it depends. If you're going to direct thread the suppressor, meaning no muzzle device, you're threading it straight onto your barrel. Yep. Then almost every barrel that's 223 or 556 is threaded in half by 28. So, okay. so like I, direct- uh, I may or may not have a 22 with a threaded barrel. Would that be the same if I had Correct. that? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's that's threaded in half by twenty eight as well. Okay, but it wouldn't be the same suppressor, right? You can use it. Can you use a twenty two? You can. Yeah, you can. Technically, you yeah. could. Okay. Technically, you could, but I would get a twenty two suppressor that's built specifically for twenty twos because twenty two caliber needs a certain barrel length to become supersonic. So right. out of a pistol, it's always subsonic. And I'm telling you guys, Jake. How much fun did we have shooting that uh that Taurus twenty two comp video? Like we shot twenty twos. Shooting twenty two suppressed sounds like the most fun I've ever had. Sub <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on. Subsonic is quieter than supersonic. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, it's Look, not breaking the sound barrier. Okay. This isn't you know, I, I, I would never say this on a podcast, but if Especially I were to hypothetically no shoot a suppressed twenty two in my backyard, none of the neighbors would ever have known that I've done that. <laughs> If I did that. Right. Exactly. I've shot 22 in my backyard and Mike's called me out on it. (laughs) Follow your local state and federal laws, but you're saying hypothetically, you know, of course, hypothetically, I'm allowed to do it where I live, but just, I was, I was within range (laughs) of property lines. So it's cool. You're seeing a lot of cool suppressor tech. A lot of companies are pushing the envelope and making really cool suppressors right now. And, uh, what is the, like, give me like a price range. Like typically speaking, like, what are you looking to spend on? A suppressor is a thousand dollars each. I mean, generally speaking, yeah, anywhere between seven hundred to twelve hundred is fair. Damn. Okay. It's not. I mean, a, it's I, not a nighthawk. Let's put it this way: I would, if I were allowed, I would easily spend that. I mean, there's no, no, it no just, way in hell. You know, like we talk about it all the time. It just it, even with ear protection, it just makes shooting more comfortable. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yep. So one last thing, and then Keith, I'm going to let you get to your to your next uh, article here. <clears throat> what is the? I always see on like Reddit or on you know whatever maybe Instagram where people are threading on suppressors, and then they're obviously not threaded on properly, and they're actually shooting a hole through the suppressor and making like almost like keyholing the suppressor. Why is yeah. that? Ha- why is that happening? So there's a couple of reasons why that happens. One depending on the suppressor and how it's made, it could unthread itself as you're shooting. Cause think of this. Isn't, the there, isn't, spinning, there, isn't there a crush washer that like keeps it in place? I would assume. Well, depending on the, the platform, whether pistol rifle, et cetera, you can use crush washers. Most manufacturers don't want you to use a crush washer. Okay. Um, just cause of the way that it puts tension on the threads in the barrel. Okay. Um, so then you have other suppressors that have a quick attach system yep. where it, you know, quickly attaches to like a muzzle device. Yes, right? I've seen those. Sometimes the the rifling inside the barrel is not concentric, meaning it's not perfectly centered along with the muzzle device, which then when you attach a suppressor, which adds weight to the end of the barrel, right? Mm-hmm. It'll throw off the round and cause what's called baffle strikes or end cap strikes, like you said. Yep. So that's typically what causes it is the, the threads are not concentric with the muzzle device. Is your suppressor ruined once, once that happens? Depending on the manufacturer, you can send it in and they'll, they'll retool it up because oh. they put the serial number in a special place so they can retool up the suppressor and fix it. If that does happen. 
man, I would hate to spend a thousand dollars in a suppressor and have that happen. That would be horrendous. Yeah, yeah uh, I just I had, have had that happen a week ago. Oh, it ha- yep. so you've had it happen. Yep. Maybe TBD, but I've got a pretty alarming issue with the new suppressor right now. So it's not to- so so it's not like a oh I'm a, like you're a moron you screwed up. It's a, it just it's a thing that happens. Um, it comes down to QC. There are definitely suppressor companies with better QC. You know, Chris is yeah. former employer CGS. I mean, I would say, I mean, they've got outstanding QC on, on their suppressors. Like I never hear shit about their suppressors going back. There's other suppressor companies right now. You go, eh, everything goes back. Gotcha. Everything's shit. Gotcha. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Which I, I had baffle strike also, uh, like two or three months ago. Um, okay. The mounting solution was just worn out, I think is what it is. And uh, yeah, so that sucks because it's a suppressor that uh, now is a little fucked up, which is unfortunate. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't even for the suppressor company anymore, so it's going to be hard to fix it. But it is what it is. Thank you very much for that deep dive. I mean, it's something that I just have been curious about, even though, you know, I don't know that I'll it's ever like, own one it's here. Like the unfor- it's like the forbidden fruit. It really is. But, you know, it's like one of those things that we don't talk about because we can't have them here in New York, but I, our audience is nationwide and actually even out of the country. I know. I, we, funny we've had if, someone on Discord recently talk about getting one. Yeah. yeah I, so I've actually, uh, I have shot suppressed one time. Uh, believe it or not, it was in Ireland because uh, in Ireland, you have to shoot suppressed. Mm-hmm. Yep, for hunting. <laughs> yeah, it's mandatory. And so we went to uh, my my um, college roommate, met a girl uh, on St. Patrick's Day in New York Always City. Always involves a female. I, I, I introduced him. I just want to, if he ever listens to this show, I want to make it a point that uh, you're married because of me. And um, <clears throat> we uh, he got married in Ireland. And so he flew me out there to be in the wedding party. And part of the quote unquote bachelor party was going to a range and shooting uh, suppressed 22s. And it, it was wildly quiet. It was very, very <laughs> so cool. Fun. It's so fun. And that's another key point. Last thing, and then we can switch gears. Um, other countries, their suppressor ownership, they can just buy them over the counter. They don't have to do paperwork like we do. Yeah, so Which weird. is one of the few things we have backwards when it's in relation to the to guns, right? But again, Uncle well, Sam Well, not wants one of the that, few things. Uncle Sam wants that $200, man, and they're going to get it, so... Do you, do you ever see it becoming, I mean, I, I don't, this is something like it's an impossible question, but do you ever see it becoming like nationally accepted, even in places like New York, California? I I know who can see that far. I highly doubt it, but president Trump ran originally on the idea of, uh, disbanding that part of the NFA with called the safe hearing act, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, a suppressor is a a metal tube, right? That's it. But you know what the problem is, though? The problem will always be is that, yeah, you could disband the NFA, but New York State, as an example, in our situation, or California or Illinois, they can still say, but in our state, it's illegal. You know what I mean? Correct. Like the federal, gov- the federal government can say um, butterfly knives are legal, but the, the state can say <clears throat> not here. You know? Correct. But thankfully to places like FPC, the Firearms Policy Coalition, right? They they put in a lot of lawsuits against states that do stuff like that when it's not federally constitutional so like it it would be a what if of a what if of a what if but there might be potential that it could be legalized however your best bet all the schematics for most of your popular suppressors are free to look at online you not hypothetically not saying you could do this but like 
you know, if you knew a good CNC shop, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Just kidding. Follow your local state or, and federal laws. You know, or you buy a half by 28 threaded oil filter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Just egg. be careful where you order that from because uh, Uncle Sam's going to come knock on the door. This, podcast, this uh, studio door is not reinforced. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. <laughs> All right, Keith, take us away. All right. So uh, this just... Man, I was so proud of this mom, and uh, fucking hell yeah, you know, right? So this going viral. I'm sure everybody's heard about it by now. Colorado middle schooler kicked out of class for wearing or having a patch. Don't tread on me. The uh, Gadsian uh, flag uh, on, on his book bag, and uh, I want to hear everyone else's comments before I talk too much about it. But um, long and the short of it, frame it out for everybody. The kid has got multiple flags, and truth be told, it doesn't seem at the end of the day, after all this is after the dust has settled, that it's the, the don't tread on me flag is the issue. He had some semi automatic rifle patches on his book bag and some that. other stuff. But, you know, kid gets kicked out of class, 12 year old kid gets kicked out of class for this, and mom comes in and starts defending. But really, the school is what got me going, is they. Basically, at least according to the video that was filmed during the conference, um, you know, the only isolated part of that video was the description about the Gadsian flag. And it was they were trying to say that it has reference to slavery. And uh, it it absolutely does not. (laughs) So uh, before we get into like our discussion, can we just play a small snippet of this um, for the the listeners just to kind of get a vibe of how this went in? And gentlemen, I apologize for this. I know the board's kind of acting up tonight. All right, here we go. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? It's a historical flag. So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag displayed, is due to its origins with the slavery and slave trade. Spread down a little bit. That's the reasoning behind them. The Gadsden flag. The don't tread on me, mm-hmm. which is the Gatsby book. Okay. I can have you speak to our Jeff Yoakum okay. again, okay. Um, and then he can refer you to our person at the district. Okay. Um, because, like I said, we're following district policy, okay. is what we're doing. Okay. So, the last thing I want is him out of class. Yeah, I know like, that's you all should. He the takes his classes seriously, yes. he studies, he do, he wants to get straight A's, he did that, he made honor roll when he was here before, yep. he intends to do that again right now, but it's hard because he keeps missing class for this. So I understand that. Yeah, and I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs, and I mean, you're going over the revolution this, for seventh grade, I mean, the founding father. All right, so they talk about for a couple of things here. So first off, they mentioned that he, the, the boy, wants to get straight A's. He's done it in the past. He been on honor roll. Sound, been on honor roll. He sounds like an excellent student. Um, you know, just again, we watched the video. Uh, the links are on the show notes. So if you want to watch this, you can. And I mean, the boy is. I mean, he's got you know very clean cut. He's you know he seems like he seems like a nice kid. Not speaking up, respectful, letting his mom you know do the talking, do the talking, and. They talk about the idea that, um, you know, it's a school policy and the mom goes on to say it wasn't, we didn't play this policy. Yeah. The, but the policy doesn't say anything about like the mom said, if it was a policy about patches, like no patches, 
The mom said, we're fine with that. But there's other kids with patches and I don't understand, you know, why this is right. a problem. L- L-B-G-T-U-A-A-A, I don't know, all those other symbols on there. And so the, you know, the, the mom basically is trying to say like, you know, we, we try to teach our son to stand up for what he believes in and they're learning about the Revolutionary War and they have this, compl- first off, it is a Revolutionary War flag. It, yeah, I mean, origin uh, the so it, it gets credited to Christopher Gatson, who really made the flag as we all know it, the "Don't Tread on Me" with the coiled up rattlesnake. But Benjamin Franklin was the first one to really put it in print, and he put it. It was a segmented, eight segmented uh, uh, rattlesnake. And it was to depict the eight colonies of the time needing to unite against the Correct. French and American Indian War. That was the one. So, like those of you that follow us on Instagram, I was in a Philadelphia hotel. They had a, it's beautiful. Like you should go look at the photo on Instagram. It was a beautiful copper um, uh, art piece of his of that of that yep. um, political cartoon. Yep. Right. And so that's sort of the the origins of it. And he kind of made a joke about you know during like uh, the taxation thing like. You know, they were sending a lot of criminals here, uh, like maybe happens today when the border crisis, right? right? You know, they were, Britain was sending a lot of criminals here and he kind of joked, Ben Franklin joked, well, maybe we should send them rattlesnakes. Right. The, the, the rattlesnake. Because <laughs> they didn't have those in Britain. The rattlesnake itself, it's, it's a very American thing, right? Very American, North American yeah. thing. And so like it has a lot of historical reference. Um, Gadsden Fleming one, and obviously that political cartoon for Benjamin Franklin being another, there's a naval flag with it. Um and so that's where that that was the after Chris Gatson made the flag, the Navy was the first, you know, place to really use utilize it. Right. It's a little and, bit different, I think, that flag. It's it's the don't tread on me with the recoiled snake that we all know, not not segmented out. So w- what bugs me with this is that they're they keep saying we don't want to move them from class and all this other stuff. Now you, you kind of alluded to the idea that there was a little more to it. He had some, some, yeah, which, which that rifle. is to be fair. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm trying to be, listen, we're all gun, gun guys here. Right. And, um, but given the nature of society today, um, dare I say mass shootings, school shootings, I do understand where a school maybe wants to sort of downplay that kind of stuff. Right, I, I don't think more more of, more of an idea of not making people feel uncomfortable. Which, man, this sure. is a slippery slope, right? But I, I sort of get that. But that would have been an easy fix, right? You could easily have said, "Listen, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the media. This is this could cause panic in school. We can't allow uh, guns and rifles to be depicted in our school, but we have no problem with uh, with historical flags being." depicted and if that were the case right but they're literally learning about the revolutionary war and they're talking about the idea that this flag was linked to slavery which that's i've never heard that. so it, yeah no it never it is not it's clearly not i mean this was just you know educators clearly not being educated right you know i mean it happens um i think that's the part that i had the biggest problem with you know i do have a little bit of a problem with the you know, all the traction that this article, that this instance has gotten, not saying the full honest part about the other patches that were on there that, you know, were a problem, you know. The school district had to point that out. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to dig to really see that part. You right. know, like a lot of the things you're seeing, you're not. But getting. the part that I have a problem with this is there was a point in, in time not too long ago where the Gadsden flag uh, became somewhat of it was. I'm not going to say somewhat. It was a symbol of the Tea Party, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a there's a political uh, piece to this, and so mo- most schools. Well, and I mean, t- it's always been political, even right. even during the Revolutionary no, War, I get it. it was but, political. But, but 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 most schools tend to be on the liberal side of things, and the Tea Party and the Gadsden flag has taken somewhat of a um, of a far far right. I don't want to say I will not say extremist, but a far right leaning uh, symbolism, sure. right? And so the idea that a school would say, "Well, you can't have that." Well, listen, there's plenty of very far left leaning symbols in our schools, right? And those are perfectly acceptable. And so I'm 100. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna say this. I'm on air. I'm on record. I'm saying this. I am 100 percent okay with any student in any setting having a far left leaning ideology and symbol that they choose to have, as long as the school district is equally okay with someone who has a far right leaning ideology and symbolism being accepted because that is the first amendment. And the fact that this to me feels very political, they could have easily said, you know, you can't have a, a patch with an AR-15 or a gun that that's not acceptable uh, in our district. That's a policy. And maybe they said that in the conference, but they did, they should have left the Gatson flag out. I listened, <laughs> I listened to the video. I didn't, well, we that. don't have the whole video. Let's be fair. Right. We only have a, a clip. We only have the point of where they sit down and they talk about the Gatson flag and then it ends we don't know what else was talked about after that. And, but, and and the article does go on to say that he was allowed to go back to school with the Gadsden flag correct. in the end. So it did work and, out. And the school did say that they made a mistake on that one. I do want to hear Jake and Chris. But. Yep. All right. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go first? Yeah. So I, I kind of agree with everything you guys said. Like, on one, he should, First Amendment, be able to do whatever he wants, right? Same with left-leaning LGBTQ, whatever. Right. The other side of me is how about fuck all of that noise and just let kids wear uniforms with nothing like that. Learn the curriculum. Even if the parents don't agree with it, they can fix that at home. Right. Like, dude, if we're going to take a Gadsden flag away, we got to take all of it away. Yeah. Or everyone should be able to do it. The other side, like you said, school shootings. It is Colorado, liberal state. We also know, you know, Columbine, Aurora. They got a history, unfortunately, with bad stuff like that, right? Um, the other side of it, the teacher has no idea what she's talking about. She totally has no clue clueless. where that comes from. I think it was the assistant <laughs> principal. Yeah, totally clueless. Yeah, yeah. And I think the parents did a good job and the boy did a good job. Uh, my stance on it is take every bit of propaganda, left-leaning center, right, out of a school, just teach the curriculum, let the kids go home. You know, you know, it's funny you say that because as a younger person, I vividly remember this as a younger person being like, fuck school uniforms, like fuck that. But now as an adult and being obviously wiser and seeing a bigger picture of things, um, you know, I really do think, I see the advantage of that. I see the advantage of, um, so we Keith and I have talked about this before, the idea of the first amendment and freedom of speech. And yes, you, you 100% have freedom of speech. I fully support that. But- in a place of education that can sometimes cause problems as, as you're pointing out, Chris. It shouldn't though. It shouldn't. But the problem is, is that when you have um, 
teachers and you have districts and you have administrators who are possibly pushing an agenda that can that's happen. What and, the and by the way, is. not all, not all, it, it, not it, all districts do right. Not all teachers do. I was going to say there are teachers who understand that, like they're entitled to their opinion and their students are entitled to their opinion. <clears throat> and that's the joy of the first amendment. I've always said, and, and I have school age children. I hope that my children get a teacher who presents both sides of an issue because the job of an educator is not to give their opinion, but to let children see two sides of an, of an opinion and then choose their own. That's the mark of a good educator because I want a teacher for my children who doesn't push. And listen, I'm going to just say it. I'm more conservative, right? But I, I will profess my opinions to my children in my own house. However, the world is a very, very convoluted place and they need to see other people's viewpoints. And so I expect teachers to show them both viewpoints. So, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. But Jake, how do you, what do you think about this? You know, I haven't, I kind of came in late to the party here, so I don't have the, the, the full, full story, but no worries. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, upfront, which is, I don't really care what anyone does as long as it doesn't, you know, infringe and like, you know, directly affect someone else's life, even in, you know, college, like I was a super average kind of mediocre student. And then, um, I turned into a really, really good student. Cause I started arguing against most of the stuff that was being taught. And I just figured out how to articulate points, um, where it couldn't really be denied. Um, so I'm kind of in the, Hey, look, whatever you're going to, whatever you're going to wrap, whatever you're going to talk about, figure out how to articulate your points, be clear with your communication and let the cards fall where they are. But, but I don't really care what anyone does. I'm like, dude, as long as you're not coming up and punching me in the face or making <laughs> me pay for something I want to pay for, I don't give a shit what you do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I thought we would end the show with something that Keith sent me. And I thought that this was, um, it, so it actually is from, uh, Colin Noir actually does a piece on this. We're not going to really hear his piece, but the link is there. So people can go back and listen to it. But this is a Jacksonville sheriff uh, saying what the gun community has said for years. And yeah, I, so this is a reference to the shooting in Jacksonville last week where, um, you know, an individual walked into a Dollar General and open fire shot, shot three individuals and then himself. Right. And it was uh, racially motivated. Right? It, yeah, to 100 percent. Pretty, pretty clear on that. Yep. So uh, the. For what it's worth, the sheriff happens to be black, and this was a racially motivated shooting, and that's clear. So I found this to be very, very interesting in the way that he handled it. Yeah, so it jumps in right away, but the question is, you know, in reference to how did this guy obtain guns? That's that's the question, right? right. So let's so, legally, legally obtain guns. Right. How did this person legally obtain guns? So let's head to Keith. We'll let the listeners hear this. Um there was nothing indicating that he should not own, own guns. So then standing here on the other side of this podium, um, he possessed these guns legally. Mm -hmm. We know what he did with them. What could have been done? What should have been done? Well, we have to stop people that have bad intentions. Guns, are, the, the story is always about guns. It's, the people are bad. This guy's a bad guy. If I could take my gun off right now and I lay it on this counter, nothing will happen. It'll sit there. But as soon as a wicked person grabs a hold of that handgun, and start shooting people with it, there's the problem. The problem is the individual. Now, guns are a tool that people use to do do, do horrible things, but um, it's the individuals that, that wield these things. So we, we are working hard to try to, to try to stop that. But in this situation, in this case, 
there was nothing saying there was nothing illegal about him owning the owning the firearm. Listen, the reason why I thought this was so good, Keith, when you sent it to me, is because I, feel, I sent it to you. Well, that's I, you do a phenomenal job of that. I've said that before on the air, uh, but you know, he says flat out, you know, if I take this gun off my my belt and I put it on the table, it's it's a tool, right? It's it's the intent of the person and. Um, this person obtained the gun legally, but what they choose to do with it once they have it, that's up to the person. And I found this very interesting when you sent it to me because <clears throat> I feel like this echoes my sentiment exactly. I feel like I just said this an episode or two back of the idea that people, good, upstanding, legal gun owners they're going to get a gun. They're going to put it in their safe. They're going to put it in their nightstand drawer. And the reality of it is it's never, it's pretty much never going to cause any harm. They're going to go to the range with it. They're going to shoot it. They're going to have fun. They're going to teach their kids how to use it. They're going to hopefully be responsible with their kids and their family. And it's never going to do any harm. It is 100% based on the person's intent and mindset and what they choose to do with it. Right. And we made a joke. Uh, I don't know. I think it was the last episode with um, Sean from uh, yeah. Pink Shirt Tactical. We talked about chainsaws. Right. Like you can go buy a chainsaw. No problem. They don't care. They don't they don't do a background check. They don't care if you've ever used a chainsaw before. They don't care if, you know, you're buying a, a 22 inch bar or a 50 inch bar. Nobody cares. <laughs> right. Like they just don't care. We, and, we still got to get our, our sons yeah. to walk into Lowe's. And yeah. Guys, and we, we talked about how we're going to have our sons who are six and seven, seven and eight going to, going to go in uh home Depot with some money and just buy a chainsaw. See, see if they could get away with see it. See if they can get away with just walking out of you know home <laughs> Depot with a chainsaw. But, <laughs> but the reality of it is here and the, you know, the sheriff does a great job with this. This guy just was hell bent on doing harm. Right, he was racially motivated. He was a piece of shit, and he did something that that piece of shit would do. And you know, they're doing their best. Law enforcement does their best. You know, Nick's check does its best. But at the end of the day, we can only do uh, our best. You know, and that's that's basically how I feel about it. Um, so, Keith, anything you want to add? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So, uh, Chris, Jake, I will give you guys each a, a final statement and let you guys have the, uh, the last statement of the show. Go ahead, Jake. I mean, you know, it, I, I couldn't hear the clip because I know you guys' soundboard's having a little bit of issue. But, you know, I've done this. I, I, it probably is really obnoxious when I do it. But sometimes I'll be out to – if I'm occasionally out to, like, dinner or something and somehow gun control comes up and I know someone there is not, like, super into guns or whatever – Sometimes I'll say, and it's not to be a dick, but it's hopefully to highlight a point. I just go, okay, so I've got a gun on me right now. How scared do you feel? And they're like, not at all. I'm like, why? And they're like, I don't know. You seem like you're you're trained. And I was like, right. So you don't you don't think I'm about to like shoot anyone? They're they're like, no. I was like, cool. Guns not the problem. Person's a problem. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add to that. I mean, it's it's the same argument we we will always have until the end of time, like. There's a similar saying with uh, like shooting skills. It's the Indian, not the arrow. So like the guy being trained enough, not the equipment, right? The same thing applies to this. Like bad people do bad things with guns. Good people do good things with guns. Whenever a good person burns down a bad dude, you never hear about it. Why is that? Right? When a bad guy with a gun shows up somewhere, who gets called? 
good guys with guns. It, it has nothing to do with guns, right? It's the person. So I don't know. I, I think that's pretty simple for people like us. Some people who have, I don't know, whatever issues they have, uh, find that to be difficult, but it's pretty cut and dry to me. Both examples that you guys gave, you know, the reality is there are hundreds of millions of firearms that it's supposedly <laughs> over millions now it's supposedly in the billions really? oh, yeah it could be i mean you know the the most recent things that i've read is there's like 440 million firearms in america and there are 340 million americans and it's you know, it's a very small percentage my, of the time that these things are used for evil purposes. My favorite meme is, you know, the, there's X amount of millions of legal guns in this country. If we were the problem, you'd know about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And a very special thanks to Chris and Jake for hanging out with us and chopping it up. Be sure to head over to the 1911 Syndicate on YouTube and check out all of their awesome content. If anyone out there has any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, or Spotify, and let your voice be heard.